Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Tuesday, June the 28th, 2022. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, bedizen, which means to dress or adorn Godly, but Dyson. Hope everyone's enjoying their Tuesday, beginning of the work week of sorts. Beginning of the work week of sorts. Coming off the weekend, a uh, little relaxation and work, of course. And as far as the weather goes, man, uh, well, it is June. It is the summer. And we are in the South. So heat, heat, heat. Jesse is. I had a little bit of showers yesterday, cooled it off for a brief second. (laughs) Then it went right back to being hot. Just did. Just did. That's to be expected, those summer showers. We'll see what happens the rest of the week. I believe they're predicting, surprisingly, more heat. Just is. Just is. Hey, this is the South. June going into July, and it's only going to get hotter before it cools off sometime in September and maybe even October. Yeah, used to be a, by August going into September, it was cooling off. Now, the way things are going, who knows when it'll finally cool off. <laughs> and uh, last week, uh, you know, I haven't talked to you guys in a while. Last week, uh, Roe versus Wade was overturned. Hmm. All right, moving right along also. Uh, the G7 summit is underway in Germany. And, of course, you know, they're talking on two fronts, you know, with Russia and and the war in the Ukraine. They're uh, trying to figure out a way to penalize Russia with that oil and put some embargoes on them to uh, hopefully somehow, some way, cut the cost of gas also. Uh, This is how Russia is funding the war with the oil and the prices. So that's how they're able to stay afloat. And and coincidentally, and, and and sadly, that while they were conducting this G7 summit in Ukraine, uh, they're saying Russia launched an attack on a shopping mall. Mm, wow. Just wow. Now, also, what's uh, is hoping to come out of this G7 summit, like I said, they're hoping to put some embargoes, oil embargoes on Russia. But also, uh, apparently, the United States isn't the only nation that's uh, facing financial hardship. So they're trying to get together and figure out a way to how to combat that. You know, hey, inflation is here and that pending recession sadly seems to be a coming. Just does. Just does. Uh, man, the cost of living, it has gone through the roof. Uh, the cost to eat and of course, you know, the cost of travel with, with the uh, gas prices is through the roof also. So they're they're together in Germany, that G7, G7 uh, summit, and they're trying to figure out a way to, you know, hey, shake the, the financial woes that everyone is facing, not just here in this country, but throughout the world also. So we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully, prayerfully, better days are coming. Who knows? Who knows? And also, uh, man, I woke up this morning and, and I, I, I heard the news uh what was it 42 or 46 dead in texas human smuggling 
found them in the back of a 18 wheeler. I believe 14 uh, or 16, I'm sorry, 16 are in the hospital, uh, most in critical condition. Two children and, and however many adults, uh, I believe it totally is 14. I believe it was two and 12. Two children and, and 12 adults are fighting for their lives. Uh, details are still coming in, but one thing that I kind of found odd, and I'm still trying to figure out, they say they re they received the call of people lying out on the roadway. So was the the 18-wheeler abandoned? Is, is that how they do the human uh, smuggling? When they get to a certain point, they, they just tell them, hey, fi uh, fend for yourself? Well, now they arrested uh, the drivers or driver, uh, well, three drivers. They arrested them and, and hey, details are still coming in. Man, that's, um, it was a refrigerated truck, but there was no working AC. 46 died. Heat exhaustion, heat stroke, you name it. That's, that's unconscionable. It, it just is in this day and age, but that human trafficking and that human smuggling is bigger than you and I could ever imagine. I, I just didn't know it was that huge. And apparently this doesn't, uh, this isn't just a, a, some random act. This happens all too often in this country where they run across these big rigs or these box trucks or, or, or uh, whatever, what have you filled with human beings being smuggled into the country. Man, I don't know. It, it, it's it's news to me. It's, it's just absurd. Uh, prayers, just prayers. And also, uh, sadly, <laughs> sadly, it looks like uh, it came out last week that Mr. Bill Cosby is being held liable financially for the sexual assault that occurred back in 1975 at that Playboy Mansion with that 16-year-old. <laughs> well, Let's move on with it. Uh, there, ha there was no punitive damages that were awarded, but Cosby has to pay $500,000 to the now, uh, I believe she's 60-something years old or 70-something years old. Uh, now, the, the one thing I, I found that was uh, I had to really look into, punitive damages. Now, now punitive damages are accessed in order to punish the defendant for outrageous conduct to reform or to deter the defendant and others from such conduct conduct that formed the basis of the lawsuit. So they found them guilty of something, but it wasn't so much or, 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 or so outrageous that they didn't award punitive damages. They just gave a civil uh, ruling of $500,000. And I, I just said to myself, well, well damn. I guess the age, and, and I was trying to figure out, you know, uh, hey, I, I got to be honest with you. When we usually hear about these things, uh, it's usually in the millions. So obviously, somehow, some way, whoever was overseeing the proceedings determined that it, it, whatever the act or conduct that was going on, it wasn't that great. It didn't. It didn't uh, award uh, a warrant millions. Only five hundred thousand. Hmm. Well, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, hey, uh, reportedly, Mr. Cosby said that he was uh, happy it wasn't more. Man. So it wasn't a, a trial for uh, 
criminal charges. It was more or less a civil trial. Boy, money coming out the gate. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, just like I, I asked, and I wasn't victim blaming here, but I was just wondering um, why at 16 years of age were you in the Playboy Mansion? Now, she maintained she was 16. However, Cosby and his defense team said she was older than that. Whatever the case may be, uh, that's a bit too young to be around those in the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, I don't care what era you, era you grow up in. It, it just is. And maybe it, it was me. Maybe maybe I stand alone here and try to figure this thing out. But I, hey, some things apparently now in this day and age, some things are just left uh, swept under the rug. Just is. Appears, apparently. Anyway, he has to pay $500,000. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We will see what happens with this. All right. Let's go get it. Wow. Now, we all remember the days when uh, COVID first hit, the pandemic, when it took kids out of school and we were all trying to uh, wrap our heads around and grasp the concept of online learning. I remember those days oh so well. It was indeed a struggle and it was mind boggling. I don't know how many of you out there took it. But I'm not going to uh, deny it was. It just was. Now, you know, the kids spent the better part of a year, uh, maybe a year and a half out of school. And that required a lot of uh, online learning, uh, put teachers in an unfamiliar spot, as well as the children and the parents just did. And, and side note, I just want to say, hey, listen, to those teachers that persevered through that, I thank you. If no one else has thanked you, I do. Because like I said, it, it certainly was something to uh, grasp and, and, and try to figure out how you're going to get your kids to learn online. No uh, physical contact, everything through the internet, everything through their laptops. Uh, if they had to ask a question, as simply as if they had to ask the question, they had to click some hand, the little hand icon to the, the Hope in hopes of getting the teacher's attention, okay. The teacher may have been just rolling through, just may have. Now, we all remember that. I, like I said, I know I do, but the outcome of that, and we talked about, and I talked about this uh, in a, a podcast about a year and a half, two years ago, um, was of course, we knew that the kids were going to be behind, that was a given, uh, that there was no way around it. Like I said, they weren't getting that physical contact, they weren't getting that one on one. Much needed attention to help them uh, with work and understanding certain things. Uh, we know when they finally were let back in, those end of grade score, test scores weren't that great. And I can rest assured when I say those coming up uh, this year uh, that were taken about a month or so, or well, earlier this month, I don't believe those are going to be that great to either. So much so, um, the, there's a federally funded uh, stimulus package that ha that came out also for schooling. We all remember that. And there was supposed to be money that was allocated towards uh, helping those kids that were struggling with their education and also help the teachers. And, it, it, and apparently here in North Carolina, there's uh, $356 million 
that's been spread out throughout the state. And this is this is funding. This is to help the kids get extra help with um, learning. The learning loss due to COVID. There is a learning loss. Kids just they they they're, they're struggling. Now uh, they're saying that students are months behind in reading, and up to a year or more in math they're behind. Also, that's understandable. That's that's there's no surprise there. We knew this. So much so, uh, Wake County has $43 million, Durham has $28 million, and Orange County has $3.3 million. That's, that is just a few uh, of the counties and school systems that is using that $356 million federally funded stimulus package for COVID and the learning loss. That, that, now, what they're doing, they're using uh, tutors, coaches, Specialists, all hands on deck to help these kids, and they're seeing some progress. It's it's much it's, it's much needed growth for the students and the uh, lower grades, elementary. We we knew and and it has been widely talked about that we knew those kids in the lower grades were going to struggle the worst. So much so, even down to kindergarten. Uh, like I said, then I gotta ask again. If you can imagine, you're a kindergarten. The first time you're away from home, first time you're away from mom and dad, and you're supposed to be in a school setting, and you weren't in that school setting. You were placed in front of a laptop and told to sit, listen, and learn. Can you imagine how difficult that is? Extremely difficult. Hell, it's hard for me. <laughs> Going, you know, back then we were doing Zoom meetings or, or whatever or what have you. It was hard for me to sit there and, and, and be attentive. I can't imagine how it, it must have felt to a kindergartner, five-year-old or six-year-old or first or second or third. Hey, I saw it firsthand with my daughter. And my daughter ha has also taken advantage of these uh, programs they have. Of course, the programs are like when after school and, and what they did uh coming into the second half of the school year here in Durham at, at the school my daughter goes to, they developed a, or they came up with a program where they were going to have after school tutorial sessions. She took advantage of it. I saw a, a little growth and a little ease in what she was doing. I, I, I saw her confidence come back up in opposition to that laptop, that online learning. I just did. So they are gaining success, success with this program. It is helping. It is helping. And, and it is much needed. I certainly think that $356 million is much needed. We might even quite possibly find that there's a need for more. Because in addition to this, uh, another thing that has came out, in addition to this, the educational side of the kids being behind, there's a mental aspect of kids being behind because they lack that one-on-one -on -one interaction, not just with teachers, but with other students that is needed for growth. Uh, no matter how you try to say it or word it, it's needed as a human being. We got to have that interaction amongst each other, other kids. You know, just like when we were coming up, uh, we probably didn't think too much about it. I can tell you, I didn't really think that much about it until COVID. The interaction or, or, or what have you that I had with other kids coming up that helped me with my education also and my personal growth.
So there, uh, dare I say, there's going to be a lot more money that is needed for mental development as well as this educational development. Uh, man, COVID shook it up. It shook the world up. It shook the world up, up on so many aspects that we're now find, finding out and realizing that COVID, man, COVID was that dude. <laughs> it was. It was that dude. If ever there was something that came in and shook things up, it was COVID. It just did. So we, we know that the, the educational gap, um, the kids are behind. Like I said, in reading, they're saying they're months behind. But in math, they're saying they're a year or more behind. And yeah, my daughter, she had to get that help. I didn't hesitate. It was a no hesitation, a no brainer. I knew she needed to help. And thankfully, it, it has helped her. And it did help her. Like I said, I, I saw a little bit more of confidence coming back to her. She needed that one-on-one -on -one human interaction. Sitting in front of a computer for eight, seven or eight hours where you take a break here and there, you go for lunch, then you come back. That's draining on a child. It just is. And it was, I, I believe it was especially hard for her and many other kids that had started this school or, or started school, like I said, for in kindergarten, like I said, for imagine a kindergartner that's coming in for the first time. Well, imagine those kids that started school the regular, degular old way where you come to school, you say hey to your teacher, uh, you start your little classroom routine day to day, and then all of a sudden, just like that, it stopped. And you're told or you're ushered towards a laptop. Can you imagine the mental psyche of that? Man. So there, like I said, there's a lot more programs. A lot more money is going to be needed to get these kids back to where they need to be. Um, it's, 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 it's amazing. If you sit down and think about the effects of COVID, the long-term effects of COVID. Now this ain't going to be done, done away with in no short time. Like, you know, the kids, they spent a better part of a year and a half and we, and just in general society, we, we are still dealing with COVID two plus years going on. We're two and a half years in. And we're dealing with the effects of COVID. We're finding the strain of it. We're having to readjust. And many need help. So this program, for um, <laughs> they're going to need some more money coming down the line. They just are. They just are. All right. Uh, that's enough of that. I I'll keep you guys posted because, hey, just like I said, they are going to need more money. Uh, there's a whole lot more coming down that's going to come out. And we're, we're going to steady be learning the effects, the side effects of COVID years from now. Uh, I like I told you guys several uh, months ago, there, there are certain reports or financial reports like we're dealing with this re possible recession and inflation. There are reports that are out that are predicting that we aren't going to truthfully and really get away from the financial downfall of COVID for years, decade. Uh, I saw one report, it went 10 years in and, and, and it went further than that. It went about 15 years, just companies and businesses and, and just in general, trying to dig away out of COVID, trying to recoup and regroup. 
that just is COVID. That's the, the that's the effects of it. Just is. So I keep you guys posted on that, updated on that. And also uh, moving along here. Uh, well, 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 well. Looks like uh, Durham, the city of Durham here, has uh, adopted the uh, two policies. And, and Well, they adopted one policy and they have implemented one tool to help fight with crime here in the city. Uh, the one tool they're using is this shot spotter system that detects gunshots and, and gives police a quicker response time and precise location of the uh, gunshots. There has certainly been, man, this past weekend, st well, starting at last Thursday, we've had three to four instances of uh, gun violence. Just have, just have. So that shot spotter system's coming online. And also they have started, or well, they have started, those uh, crisis intervention specialists, unarmed crisis intervention specialists going out on certain calls that require uh, intervention through the, to the tune of uh, mental help, as opposed to a police showing up for someone that's having a mental moment with a gun. So they're unarmed and they're going out. So those are the two programs or the two programs and two tools that are being used. Now, some residents here in Durham of course, they're applauding the one for the uh, unarmed mental health crisis intervention specialists. And then you have some that are, are, are kind of upset and raising a little hell about that shot spotter system. You know, I talked to you guys uh, months ago about that when the students from North Carolina Central went before the city council and said, hey, we need help. There's a lot of shootings going on on campus or around campus. You need that shot spotter system. And at that time, they were saying no. Now, one of the many, one of the many reasons why a lot of people are apprehensive about the shot spotter system is there's an uneasy feeling of certain minority groups that may be targeted. Stereotype. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you you possibly could be right. And it seems that way because uh, let's be honest with each, each other here. A majority of the, the, the gun, uh, the gun violence here in Durham, you know, hey, it, it, it comes from the minority community. It just does. So there, a lot of people are saying with that shot spotter system, there's a fear that a lot of people may be stereotyped and we might have a, 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 a Go back to the old way where police were just riding down the street picking up random black males. I can give you that, but it's on a limited level. Uh, I'm sorry. With everything that is going on in this city, I'm not talking about the gun violence throughout the country. Yeah, uh, that, that that's there. But in this city, this gun violence, like I said, within the uh, man since last Thursday and, and we had another shooting last night. It seems like every day, not every other day, but every day, there's someone shooting. And, and you know, many people, of course, now they're starting to blame the police. Well, you voted. Well, you you put elected officials in office that defunded the police. They took the jobs away. Uh, they refused to give them raises. So a lot of those officers that were one that were here in Durham, they moved on to other cities. Could you blame them? I know I can't. Why put your life on, on the line for chump change and you, one, you have someone that's trying to take your job and two, you have uh, a group of people that aren't going to pay you, give you raises. So your life is in constant jeopardy 
So much so to this point right here. Uh, the other night, police arrived on the scene. Not about a block or two away from the police station, there was a shooting. Police arrived on the scene. They were investigating that shooting. And lo and behold, someone came by in a car and did a drive-by. Started shooting at the police. Well, police weren't harmed. No one was harmed or hurt in, in, in that instance. So if just ask yourself, if you were a Durham police officer, could you? Would you continue to stay on the job and deal with that nonsense? Or would you go to a city that is safer and pays you more? Well, I'm not saying not safer, but the crime rate is lower. I, I understand the argument that this shot spotter system is going to be quite possibly could be another tool that is used to further uh, stereotype and, and, and just place black males or black people in general in a, a all too familiar, awkward situation and negative situation with the police. I get that, got that, understand that. No argument for from me on that, but we got to, we got to. There has to be a change. There has to be a stopping point. They got together last night at a church here and the CEO of the company that has the shot spotter system met with residents in the community. And, you know, they talked, they griped, pissed, moaned, whatever, what have you. And that right there came out about uh, how black males or black people in general will be treated with this new shot spotter system. And also what was brought up about was the lack of, or the response time from police that is happening now. Uh, a lot of people are saying that, Hey, when I call the police, uh, there was one resident where that drive-by happened while the police were investigating said that it took, uh, you know, the initial call of the shots being fired before the drive-by uh, on the police. It took the police 10 minutes to get there. And like I said, there are a few blocks from the police station. There aren't enough police on the streets. Let's just be honest with each other. It, it, they're just not. It's, it's, they're, they're just not enough police on the street. They're not being paid. So they left. Let's get out. They got out of town. I certainly understand everyone's argument that is saying, hey, this shot spotter and, and the police, the police, the police, but you, you, you defunded the police. You replaced them with these crisis intervention, unarmed crisis inter intervention specialists. You defunded the police fired and took some positions and, and, and jobs away. And those that were left over, uh, quite a nice chunk of them decided to leave. Now you're seeing a need for the police because of this gun violence. Well, surprise. That's a surprise. I'm, 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 I'm being an arrogant jerk. You had to know it was coming. Common sense dictates that. That when you get rid of law enforcement and you already have a high crime rate. And when you get rid of them, the crime rate goes up. And the criminals come out even more. That last, the other night with those police being shot at, that's an eerie, ominous prediction of what is to come. They knew the police were there. I mean, it was, it was 
you, you guys had already came through and shot up a car trying to get whoever that was there. So you, you knew the police were on the scene. You, hell, I know you saw the lights, but you came through anyway and you shot at them. It's an eerie, ominous indication of what's coming. It just is. Uh, I honestly believe uh, those elected officials here in Durham, you guys got some work to do. You guys, you're going to have to make some changes. Those campaign promises that you stood on, it looks like you're going to have to renege. You're going to have to backtrack because there's a lot of citizens here in Durham that they're not buying into this defund. Some are, some aren't. But a lot of people, on the average, they want some changes. It's not safe. It just is. Whatever you may think about the police, and and hey, like I said uh, previously, I, at some point in time, hey, I'm not a big, too big of a fan of them, but they are needed. I don't think snatching jobs and positions away and replacing them was a good idea, especially now it's coming to fruition. We know it wasn't. Just wasn't. Well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. So offer feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Verbal, and WordPress. And also, wherever you're streaming, hit that like and subscribe button so you can get notified when I drop these podcasts. And as always, thank you for listening. This is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.